Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. again hockey fans are you ready to brave the wild with your buddy paladino joey it is saturday january the 10th 2009 it is episode number eight of brave the wild and i'm glad to have you with us today and first and foremost brave the wild is available on the sportstuff.com and on itunes Thank you always for downloading and listening to Brave the Wild, the most objective Minnesota Wild podcast on the Internet. And um, if you do enjoy this show, don't forget to tell a friend about the show, to check it out, download it, put it on your iPod, and, uh, yeah, we can talk some wild hockey. Well, it's great that I'm able to keep up with the show a little bit better now, only a week ago. I did episode number seven, so finally <laughs> a week in between shows instead of two, three weeks or or a month because of busy schedules and just bad timing for this and that. Just that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah, Minnesota Wild actually played pretty well in the last week, and we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to get into some prospect talk. We're going to talk about some of the guys on the Wild that are you know prospects and prospects on the Houston Arrows, or lack thereof, if you get my idea. So we're going to get into that, but first and foremost, as mentioned, Brave the Wild, available on thesportstuff.com, where you don't just watch sports, you get involved. As there is a button on the upper right-hand corner of the front page of, T- of thesportstuff.com. It says TSS Boards. That is how you can get onto our forums or message boards. And you can also vote on polls of podcasts on there you can interact with with all of us about 287 members uh, you can interact with all of us on there talk some sports some politics even some video games just so many different things don't forget to check out my other two podcasts timberwolves explosion and purple mafia with no further ado we're going to get into the minnesota wild right after this announcement here on the sportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com along with iTunes and MediaFly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Again, episode number eight, a reminder, 
for iPod users. And also, do check out Purple Mafia, as mentioned, the commercial you just heard, Vikings podcast. Uh, I'm going to keep up with the playoffs, so definitely do check it out to hear my opinions, my picks, and uh, polls that I'll be putting up as well. Alrighty then, Minnesota Wild Hockey. Well, the Minnesota Wild officially 2-2 two and two in the last week, including a overtime loss to Detroit on Saturday, the 3rd of January, the first game in the year 2009. And just like the Timberwolves, the Minnesota Wild playing significantly better in 2009, at least until the uh, most recent game, but we'll get into that when we get to it. Uh, Detroit scoring early, Michael Samuelson, well, not too early, late into the first period, assisted by the uh Smythe winner, Zetterberg, Henrik Zetterberg, putting up Detroit one to nothing, and then it's a scoreless second period, just pretty much a lot of back and forth. Uh, Backstrom standing on his head. No, this is Harding. Excuse me, Harding standing on his head. And, um, well, the Wild don't exactly give Harding the... Goal support that he needs, to be honest, once again. Uh, it wasn't the worst game ever for the Wild, but it wasn't the best either. Uh, Owen, Owen Nolan, who has been playing fantastic, scoring very, very early into the third period, followed very quickly by Antti Mietnin. So the Wild take a 2-1 to lead, a surprising 2-1 to lead on, some could say, the best team in hockey. Well, maybe not quite this year, but... Brent Burns and Bouchard, PR Mark Bouchard, assisting on Nolan's goal. Cal Clutterbuck showing up in the scoring again, the box score, helping out Antti Mietnin on his ninth goal of the year. So Mietnin finally, hopefully, going to start to get out of uh, what's been a fairly quiet time for him. Uh, Johan Frenzen, though, unfortunately, is able to tie the game up with about four and a half minutes left, and you knew the Wild were screwed at this point. Nicholas Lidstrom and Brian Rafalski, very familiar names, assisting on Johan Frenzen's goal. And the talented Detroit Red Wings take the Minnesota Wild to overtime. Uh, a lot of chances for both teams in the overtime. Thank God, though, the Wild were able to escape that. Thought maybe, just maybe, we can win in the shootout. Now, as Christopher Kalanos, who I'll be talking about as well, who's one of the more solid prospects to this far, uh, you know, got stopped. Pavel Datsyuk scores the goal. That was the, that's where we were screwed. As Brent Byrne missed, Brent Byrne, <laughs> Brent Burns missed, Zetterberg missed, and Miko Koivu is stopped to ice the game, literally, by Chris Osgood, the super veteran of the Detroit Red Wings, who's got about three rings now with them. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the Red Wings are able to pull it out, but at least the Wild get a valuable point in this game. So, not all is lost. If you can get one point against the Detroit Red Wings, that's, that's, a, that's okay, I guess. So now we quickly move on to the following night. Detroit's arch-rival, the Colorado Avalanche. We go to Colorado, by the way, in the Pepsi Center. And the Minnesota Wild went two to nothing. Nicholas Backstrom, the all-star now, Nicholas Backstrom, standing on his head and stopping 33 shots by the somewhat depleted Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, the depleted Colorado Avalanche. Because right now they wouldn't even be in the playoffs if the season ended. Uh, Owen Nolan scoring twice in this game. Burns and Bouchard again assisting on the first goal. So those two guys showing up once again. And Christopher Kalanos and Brent Burns 
picking up assists on Owen Nolan's second goal, which was only three minutes after the first goal of the game. Uh, <laughs> this was only halfway through the first period. The Wild were up two to nothing, and that was all she wrote. No more scoring the rest of the game. There were plenty of chances on both sides along the way. Uh, the Wild putting up 37 shots, which is exciting. Um, and of course, Colorado 33. Um, but just a nice, solid game for your Minnesota Wild, playing against their former gopher, Jordan Leopold, who was pretty quiet, though, a very quiet 20 minutes, to be honest with you. Um, Tyler Arneson, though, putting up, getting five shots on goal, he was a factor for Colorado, but, of course, could not finish on any of them. Um, good news for the Wild, indeed, as they escape. Colorado with a, with a rare victory. <laughs> it's not easy to win in Colorado, and Nicholas Backstrom, Absolutely the MVP of this team right now. Him, it's either him or Koivu. Because the following game, the Wild go to Boston, the team with the best record in the NHL. Now this is in Boston. And the Wild win one to nothing. So we'll take it. Uh, no, Owen Nolan didn't score this time. But Bouchard and Christopher Colano show up in the box store again, assisting on Merrick Zedlicky's goal halfway through the game, basically. And that was it. Um, the Wild only give up 28 shots, and Backstrom stops them all. Backstrom overall outstanding. Manny Fernandez, the former Minnesota Wild, is defeated by <laughs> the Wild Eye only one to nothing. The Boston Bruins, who have, you know, Minnesota's uh, Minnesota connection, former Gopher Phil Kessel, an actual Wisconsin native. Uh, Blake Wheeler is also Minnesota connection. And then, of course, talented players, Michael Ryder, Mark Savard. I mean, talented, talented team. Uh, Shara, you can't forget about him. Just talent up and down that roster. You knew sooner or later the Boston Bruins would come through with their uh, strong prospects. And, uh, yeah, that's what's happening finally this year. They were only the eighth seed last season in the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, here they are now, number one seed, at least for now. But the Wild once again defeat Manny Fernandez, who is 0 for 2 against his former team. That is good news indeed. And, uh, I love it. I'm very happy. As much as I like the Boston Bruins, they're my second favorite hockey team, being I like Minnesota sports first, Boston sports second. So there's a little inside info for you there, <laughs> if you care. But, um, yeah, hard to believe the Minnesota Wild were able to shut down this Boston team as well as they did. Uh, cause the Minnesota Wild, players finally realizing, hey, you know, and just realizing, you know, and getting and are over the fact that, hey, Marion Gabrick is not going to play for this team, maybe never again. Uh, so we got to just play Jacques Lemaire's system, play that neutral zone trap to its best and shut down the best teams in the league like the Minnesota Wild used to do years ago when they would make that playoff run in 2003. I mean, this team just shut people down and got their little timely goals that were good enough to win, and their goalies, of course, look like world beaters, and Nicholas Backstrom is looking like that right now in this current system and with the way the Minnesota Wild are playing, which at this point was very good news. The Wild, though, actually at this point back in the playoff picture, at least as of that night, were, I believe, the seventh seed in the Western Conference. So it's like, okay, um, not that I'd have too much faith in them at this point in time in the postseason, but we'll see. Now the final game to review on this particular show before we get into some wild prospect talk, the Minnesota Wild go to Philadelphia, and uh, Lightning does not strike twice. No, it just doesn't as they go up and play against another Eastern Conference uh, powerhouse in Philadelphia. 
and the Flyers are able to win three to one, despite the fact the Minnesota Wild actually scored first in this game. Uh, pretty obscure scoring line in the earth. Pretty obscure people factoring in on Stefan Veyu's goal here. Of course, Veyu's obscure as well, getting his sixth goal of the year. Cal Clutterbuck and Kim Janssen factoring in on that, but then a very familiar name, Scott Harnell, Hartnell, excuse me, scoring his 16th goal of the year to tie it up. And then Mike Newble and Scotty Upshaw, who, Upshaw, excuse me, Upshaw scoring, or, ah, scoring the final goal of the game about a little more than halfway through the third period. And Upshaw, Scotty Upshaw was the player of the game. Overall, the number one star, Mike Noble and Martin Barron, the goalie for the Philadelphia Flyers, stopping 27 of 28 shots. And uh, Backstrom only faced 23 and gave up three. So that was unfortunate. So you pretty much uh, the magic not continuing, at least on this particular night for Backstrom. Sometimes it just doesn't work, and that's what happened. Uh, Brent Burns was a factor, Zidlicki a factor all night, five shots on goal apiece. Miettinen, excuse me, Miettinen not a factor very much, no shots on goal, that was very frustrating. Kalanos though with four shots on goal in only ten minutes, so uh, very good job by him in that sense, trying to provide a scoring punch. But uh, yeah, a frustrating game for the Wild, they just got flat outplayed and beaten by a better team. So that's pretty much all you can say about that at this current juncture. So there's your deal. There's your reviews at this point. The Wild, officially, you can say they are two, two and one, I guess. I guess you could call it. <laughs> that's how the standings go. Two wins, two losses, and overtime loss. That's kind of how the combination goes for that. So there you go in the year 2009 at this point. So now we're going to get into a little prospect talk right after this announcement. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on the sportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Brave the Wild episode number eight. And, well, the, the previous commercial you just heard, Timberwolves explosion. Timberwolves fans do check out that podcast as well. On the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. All right. Well, the Minnesota Wild decided to go young this season. And um, that meant players like Colton Gillies, who was basically handed a job right off the bat, only one year into the league. Um, James Shepard, able to keep his position. And a lot of us thought James Shepard, after a pretty solid rookie year, would take a step up this year. So I figured his, his roster spot, you know, that's okay, sure. That's not even necessarily going young by at least letting him have some playing time here in the NHL. Uh, others may disagree, as uh, some in the paper do. Um, I'm kind of neutral on that one, I guess. Uh, Colton Gillies, I don't know what he's really done for this team thus far. Uh, 
And, of course, the enigma of them all when it comes to the wild prospects, Ben Wapulia, who has proven nothing to this point that he's really a true NHL player and didn't even perform well in the minor leagues. So, uh, it just kind of leaves the wild, it kind of leaves us fans a little bit miffed as to what the heck is going on. Why is this team going in this direction when really none of these guys are proving themselves? None of them are proving themselves right now either. And it's, it's quite frustrating. Uh, in 21 games, Colton Gilly says one goal, three assists, four points. Okay. That's not that good. Uh, yeah, they wanted a, Physical center who can play in traffic. Gillies did pretty good in the, uh, in his short time in Houston last year, as I remember mentioning that more than once. He actually was pretty productive in a short amount of time, but remember, it was a short amount of time and you don't really know what to expect. Um, Christopher Colanos, who ended up coming up because of Gabrick's injury and uh, just other issues, Gabrick's injury, uh, Nolan's injury, just multiple people not being able to play for multiple reasons. He actually has been fairly productive with two goals and three assists in 12 games. He is another center. That is a position the Wild are just dying at right now, other than Miko Koivu and Eric Belanger. Belanger. Eric Belanger is inconsistent. Koivu is the best player on this team, other than Nicholas Baxter, I'd have to say, at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, it's it's an enigma, folks, what's going on. And, of course, Ben Wapulia, who they say he's a left wing here. Some people say he's a center. I don't know what he is. Uh, he is... An enigma. Some days he looks like he's ready, he's ready to be a pro player. Other days he just, he's, he's gone. He disappears into thin air. Like, okay, what's the point? Uh, he has 11 points in 36 games. Uh, the stats aren't that horrible, but they're, yeah, he's on, they're nothing much. He's on pace for what, about 25 points this year. That's not that productive at all. And he's been in the league for, or he's not been in the league for a while, but he's been, he was drafted three and a half years ago with the fourth overall pick. You'd expect a little bit more of that, a little more production by now. He is already 22 years old, the Alfred Ontario native. He was born on September 29, 1986. Uh, yeah, I mean, you expect a little bit more production from this guy by now. Uh, Lemaire rarely has much good to say about Bouglia. He pretty much is scratching his head on a daily basis when it comes to him. Um and the Wild, yeah, absolutely frustrated right now with that. Cal Clutterbuck has been a successful prospect. He was a third-round pick, 72nd overall, in 2006 by the Minnesota Wild. Uh, he was He's not meant to be a scorer, but he does have six points in 36 games. You know, that's nothing much. He's more of a grinder, as a lot of you know out there that watch the Wild. Um, and he does his job. He does his job, and that's why he gets plenty of minutes. And, and when he factors in the scoring, terrific. Uh, I guess in the long run, he's kind of a replacement for Todd Vidorik. Kind of, I guess, because somebody has to be, right? Because um, Craig Reller, I don't think, really is. He, whatever. I don't know what really is. <laughs> he's not really doing too much. Um, Eric Reitz only has two points, but he's kind of like a uh, another Nick Schultz, basically. Another stay-at-home defenseman who does his job. Nothing great, but he does his job. Two points in 31 games. And, uh, yeah, he has not lost his job. You've never heard any complaining from the Wild management or coaching on him. So that is good, at least. But, um, yeah, 
a lot of these prospects aren't working out. Right now, only Kalanos and Clutterbuck are the ones that are working out, and those guys did not make the team coming into the season, whereas Gillies, uh, James Shepard, and Puglia all did. They were all given jobs after training camp was done and preseason was done, and they're still here. All righty then. Um, I understand Gillies would have to go to the minors and not really sure how product, uh, how much more of a development he'd get there, but you gotta try to find a way to get him to the Houston Arrows, I would think. I mean, I think Colton Gillies needs to go to the Houston Arrows and, uh, see if he can compete there. Puglia, I don't know. Um, and then James Shepard, the guy I'm, I haven't mentioned yet. He's another center, which of course is a position the Wild are starving at, as mentioned. He has five points in 40 games and has been, or no, excuse me, eight points in 40 games, and he, but he's been overall pretty unproductive for this Minnesota Wild team along the way. Just, just seems pretty invisible out there. Doesn't factor in, doesn't really put any pressure on opponents. Not really much I can say about James Shepard that thinks, that makes me believe he's, should be taking up a roster spot that could go to a more productive player that the Wild could have signed in the offseason. A veteran, uh, another maybe younger guy, they could have spent a couple bucks maybe, it would be nice, but that's just how it goes. That's the situation with the current roster, the Minnesota Wild roster, the prospects on the Wild roster, excuse me. So now we slide over to Houston, the Houston Arrows roster, and uh, the way their players are going, and this is part of the problem as to why these guys haven't been replaced by anybody from Houston because, well, the best player right now score, that's in scoring-wise is Corey Locke. He is just a career minor leaguer, 41 points in 38 games on the Houston Arrows. He hasn't really been doing much. Uh, Peter Olevki, uh, Olevki, excuse me, and he is, he only has 19 points in 35 games. And he was very, he was for the most part unimpressive in the preseason and in training camp. Um, they didn't really have much positive to talk about him overall. Clayton Stoner's been okay. He's been a defenseman for the Wild along the way for a while, for a couple of years now. 14 points in 30 games, a guy you don't really look to score, so maybe he cracks the roster at some point in time. Danny Ehrman, though, this is very alarming and very disappointing as there was talks. It was between Kalanos, Puglia, and, or no, excuse me, Kalanos, Clutterbuck, and Ehrman. One of those three would eventually be on the Minnesota Wild this season. Um, yeah, they picked the right guy. Well, it seems, I mean, they picked the right guys, actually, thank God. Uh, Kalanos now is on the Wild, and he's been a factor. He had 22 points in 19 games, so he actually was extremely good in Houston. That is a good sign in that sense. Um, and Clutterbuck, of course, is the competitive player he is in the NHL, and I'm happy about that. But, again, here it is. Danny Ehrman, former Gopher player, very talented on the Minnesota Gopher hockey team. A third-round pick for the Minnesota Wild. Had a lot of us very excited around here. He has eight points in 41 games. To think this guy almost, almost made the Minnesota Wild roster. He made it to the final cuts he only has eight points in 41 games. That is very, very disappointing. After a fairly weak season last year in Houston, four points, four assists, and 41, or four goals, four assists, and 41 games. Ah, boy, oh boy. That's very tough to swallow, folks. So, 
not much going on in the wild farm system right now. You have career minor leaguers, Corey Locke, Jesse Schultz, and Marco Rosa leading the way. Woo-hoo. I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm putting my hands up right now. You can't see it, so <laughs> that's pretty much how I feel about the situation when it comes to the Wilds uh, farm system. It's not looking so good. There were some pieces there before, like Bouchard, Koivu, and such, but that's over. You've got to hope to restock this uh, this farm system somehow, some way. I mean, that just shows the Wild have not been drafting well of late. Uh, when you have are desperate enough, you have to have your uh, extremely underdeveloped first-round pick, who you took only a year ago, Colton Gillies, on the pro roster. Okay, that's nice. So I don't know what to say about that right now, <laughs> other than it's pretty frustrating and it's very alarming that in year number eight, officially it would be year nine, but of course, yeah, we all know what happened a few years back. That year got erased from existence. So, um, just <laughs> I hate to bring the be the bear of bad news. To you listeners out there who may be listening from the podcast, uh, you know, who are also listeners of the podcast and maybe come over to me for a more objective point of view. But hey, this is the truth, folks. These are not <laughs> amazing prospects right now. There's not much to look at. The, the, uh, the cupboard is pretty bare in Houston. So all we can do is pray right now. Hope and pray the wild can make some better draft picks and, uh, it also does raise questions as to how much longer will new owner Craig Leopold uh, hang on to Doug Risebrow and Jacques Lemaire? Is this the final season for them, and are we going in a new direction? There's a pretty good possibility of that, because this guy, well, he is a different person. He is not Robert Negley Jr. He has been known to be a little more aggressive with the spending overall, so that's good. Oh, well, we're just going to have to hope for the best and see what happens in the coming months, as right now this team looks like they're on their way to a dead end, if you want my opinion, until something changes. So that's where things stand right now. I'm going to call it a show. And, again, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but, I, hey, you know, the truth needs to be told here with the current status of your Minnesota Wild. And I want to wish all of you a good week, and we'll talk to you next week, as long as I can keep up from now on with this show. Hope to talk to you in a week. Take care.